Well, hello, my friends. This is Pastor Joe, of course, and we are a day before a blizzard, or two days before a blizzard. Today is Friday, and obviously we're not going to be meeting this Sunday because uh, there's a severe storm coming, and so we thought we'd uh, stay home and be safe, and so I provide for you this podcast so that we can still be together in the Word of God. Today we're going to talk about uh, prayers. Uh, praying has a lot to do with faith. Praying is this open communication we have with God. It's very important for us to be uh, continually developing our prayer life with God and building this intimate relationship that we have with Him. And so we'll talk a little bit about this today. And effective prayers are, are really those that are answered in, in powerful ways by Jesus. Uh, we could look at it that way. So I pray that you are well and you're safe, and I'm not sure exactly which day you're listening to this. If it's on Sunday, I pray that you're uh, in and, and uh, all tidied up and, and warm and comfortable. And uh, let's let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time we have together, even though it's not in person this particular week. We thank you that we can still come together in this way. We ask for your blessings upon us and your safety during the storm. And we ask a blessing upon this podcast, and we ask these things in your holy name. Amen. Well, today we're going to talk about prayers and, and effective prayers, uh, those that are the result of, of doing good works for God, which originate out of our, our faith in Jesus and out of our desire to keep our covenant with God. Everything to do with God has to do with the covenant. Uh, all the way back to Old Testament days, God has had covenants with his people, and we have a covenant today in our relationship with Christ, and God has promised and does, in fact, do many things for us, many blessings and protections, and he calls us to have faith in him and to trust him, and that's our part of the covenant. And today we'll be delving into God's word and, and into what it means to have faith in Christ. It, it, prayer is that basic. To say that good works are needed in order to develop a position that's connected to God is fine, as long as we understand the rest of the key points that lead to that desire to have less of us in this life, as Paul said, and more of Christ. That is, as we develop our faith and we grow in our faith, the world around us should see more of Christ in us, in our behavior, in our words, in our actions, uh, than us. So we're talking about a life that's fully focused on serving and pleasing the one who gave up his life to save ours. Now, God knows we don't always succeed. We're human. We make mistakes. But when we honestly try and confess and repent of our sins, we mature in our walk with the Lord. And as we mature, we find that we come to be more and more like Jesus. And that's really the point. That's sanctification, our daily growth through the, through the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. It allows us to have more and more success with living a godly life, which we're called to do. So what I'd like to do is give some key points needed in our lives to make our prayers effective. And each of these falls under our need to keep, again, our covenant with God, who is always faithful with his covenant to us. So my first point today is that we are to remain at one with the triune God. Now, this is living a life that bears fruit. And it's the result of increasing faith and obedience to God. And it, it leads to closer intimacy with God. It leads to more available service for God, uh, knowing his will better, uh, bringing proper glory to his name. And, and, and again, this is done through our words and our behavior. And it leads to answered prayer. 
when we see what God can do through us, we become energized. At least we should. There should be joy. There should be uh, a, a sense of being on fire for him. And our faith increases as well as our desire to be really supernaturally used again and again. The second one is remaining one with another or with one another. Here we are admonished to be faithful to one another. We're to share each other's burdens, for instance. We're to place each other's needs before our own. And again, this all has to do with developing uh, strong prayer lives. And this too is part of our covenant that we have with God. He doesn't only call us to behave a certain way towards him, but also towards the rest of his creation. And so we're talking about loving, compassionate acts towards others. These demonstrate our willingness to submit to Jesus and allow him to be the Lord of our lives. And here we find ourselves in his will, a place where his mind becomes our mind and his desires become our prayers. We pray for those things that we come to know God wants and desires. Next is submitting our requests to the appointed leaders of Christ's body. Now, God has appointed leaders in each church and given them the authority and the responsibility to hold others up in prayer and provide for their needs. Now, we just talked about this Bible study. We talked about elders and deacons. We had a nice conversation, and this has to do with that. Now, Moses, we go way back to Moses, the leader of Israel under God, was very burdened. And I think we talked about this once before. He was burdened to the point of exhaustion, Scripture teaches us. And so his father-in-law took him aside, Jethro, and he said this to him. And this is in Exodus chapter 18. He said, you're not doing this right to Moses. You will wear yourself out and these people as well. This is too much for you to do alone. Now let me give you some good advice and God will be with you. It is right for you to represent the people before God and bring their disputes to him. You should teach them God's commands and explain to them how they should live and what they should do. But in addition, you should choose some capable men and appoint them as leaders of the people, leaders of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. They must be God-fearing men who can be trusted and who cannot be bribed. Let them serve as judges for the people on a permanent basis. They can bring all the difficult cases to you, but they themselves can decide all the smaller disputes. That will make it easier for you as they share your burden. If you do this as God commands, you will not wear yourself out and all these people can go home with their disputes settled. Again, that's Exodus 18, 17 through 23. Now in the New Testament, Paul and Peter speak of appointed leaders in the churches who had administrative responsibilities and who were to be treated in certain respectful ways by the local congregations. And so we see in Acts chapter 15, we have some men came from Judea to Antioch and started teaching the believers. They said, you cannot be saved unless you are circumcised by the law of Moses. Now, these are the Judaizers. These were Jews converted to Christianity who believed that the work of Christ on the cross was not sufficient for salvation, but that the people, the believers, also needed to observe the Mosaic law. So, going on in Acts 15, Paul and Barnabas got into a fierce argument with them about this, so it was decided that Paul and Barnabas and some of the others in Antioch should go to Jerusalem and see the apostles and elders about this matter. So we can see the way in which leaders were treated and should be treated. Next is bearing fruit. Now, whenever we talk about bearing fruit within a biblical context, 
These are the good actions that serve the reign of God. And we have in Mark chapter 11 this fig tree that Jesus mentions, and, and good fruit on this tree uh, is, is used for the good that it provides. But if this tree doesn't bear good fruit, it's cut down and it's destroyed. And so the fig tree that bears fruit gets pruned and cleaned so that it can bear even more good fruit in the next season. And we can see the analogy here that we are to bear good fruit. We are to do those things, those actions that show Christ in our lives, that provide blessings for others. The more that we do, the more that we're blessed as we become a blessing. And so the more we become usable to God so that he'll allow us to provide even more good fruit. We don't want to be that tree that doesn't bear good fruit because that tree becomes apathetic. That tree does not have prayers that are effective or that person isn't praying at all anymore. That person's becoming more and more distant from God. And so we want to be careful to make sure that we are doing those things in our lives that represent Christ. That means we're getting closer to God. That means that as a result, our prayer lives are growing and building and becoming more effective. Again, that's what we're getting down to in this lesson today is, is effective prayers. These are all the things, these, this list I'm giving you, these are things that we need to do and be in order for our prayer lives to be more and more effective. Next is glorifying God on earth. When we talk about the glory of God, we're talking about what's called Shekinah glory. It's the only type of glory that belongs to God. It talks about his awesomeness, his wonderfulness, uh, the glory of God that, that can't be duplicated or replicated or, or recreated. Nothing that we can do or nothing that anything else you think about glory can do. It's shown when we dedicate our lives to him. And, and again, with the last section, we bear much fruit. Now, I asked my daughter, some, it was years ago now, what she would do if this was her last day on this earth. And I commented that we often go through this life focused on ourselves. And of course, that's, that's common. It's what we, you know, we have, we have goals, we have dreams, we have problems. When one finds out that he or she is terminally ill, however, I think a dramatic change in perspective happens and this life takes on an entirely new meaning. That person, if a believer, might now be consumed with spreading the gospel like never before or seeking forgiveness for past wrongs, regardless of the responses. Sometimes we want to ask forgiveness of those people we know will say, okay, mm, it's not the way it works. Sometimes this person might seek those in need to share the love of Christ. And in some cases, this believer that knows that his or her time is short will become a warrior for the kingdom of God. And this attitude is exactly what shows the very glory of God to a lost and dying world. And again, as, as we do these things, our prayer lives build, our prayers become more meaningful, more focused on God's will. And this level of dedication is produced by a heart and a mind that's really more and more focused on God. And it represents the goodness and the holiness of our loving Father. Next, utilizing thought and action to become disciples through following Jesus' commandments. Now, what happens when we glorify God by serving him with good works? Well, according to Jesus, in John chapter 15, this is how we become his disciples. If you've ever wondered what a disciple is, a definition of disciple, let me offer you this. I forget where I picked this up. 
A disciple is one who not only professes allegiance with someone, but one who also walks in this person's steps and diligently continues this person's philosophy by diligently living this person's ideals. And so you can see the connection between this person, this disciple, and the one he or she is following. And this mindset produces, again, much good works, which creates the position of being a disciple. We've always connected, we've already rather connected good works with a building prayer life. And again, that's where we're going with this. When one looks at this person, he or she, she's the one who this person represents. In this case, it's Christ and a relationship that is to continually grow in Christ, which means our communication with God is not just more, but more effective. Next is forgiving one another. Now, this is a covenantal response. It's part of our relationship with God. The question is, I've asked this question before, I get interesting answers. The question is, do we want to be forgiven by God? And say, of course we do. If so, then scripture teaches us that we need to be forgiving people towards one another. In Mark 11 and verse 25, we're told that this forgiving nature needs to be in place before we enter into a time of prayer. Effective prayers are, are not those which occur during a period of unforgiveness on our part. Now, God forgives us when we repeatedly sin against him. And he has told us, not asked us, he has told us to show the same mercy towards one another. The result is effective prayer. Next is acting on the gift of even a mustard seed-sized faith. God gives us the faith that we have. It starts with an amount that he gives us. And when we exercise even a very small amount of faith, without doubt in our hearts, and that, that's an important piece with faith, is, is trying to minimize and then eliminate doubt, then the fact is we can do amazing things for God. And so, in other words, God will do amazing things through us for his kingdom. And it's a privilege to be used by the Creator in this way, in any way. The Holy Spirit calls us into partnership, the Bible teaches us, and expects us to respond with the same measure of faith that we have received. And so, when we say in our hearts that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, which is Philippians 4.13, then we're admitting that God is all-powerful, and we become willing to step out in our faith to serve Him as He leads. And this exercises our faith muscles so we have more faith. The more faith means the more good works. The more faith and the more good works means that our prayer lives are growing and will continue to grow and become more and more effective. Well, let's conclude. Each of the responses I offered you now shows a dedication to God and to his word. And they are the result of a life of obedience, which comes back to our need to honor our covenant with God. When we put each of these key responses I've offered to work in our lives, then we place ourselves squarely in the middle of God's will and his purpose for our lives. And this is the place where two become one. God and we mesh in plan, in purpose, and in power. And those, those three Ps are oftentimes used when we talk about God, his plan, his purpose, and his power. And this is where effective prayers originate and flow mightily in our lives and through our lives to really so many around us that still need a touch of God's grace. So let's be the covenantal people God has called us to be. The results are powerful 
and the results for our prayer lives are they will be effective. Well, there you have it, a prayer for effective prayer lives today using the points that I've made in our lesson. I again pray that you stay safe and well on Sunday, understanding I don't have a blizzard coming. Ha ha, you do. Uh, I'm not far behind as far as inch total, but uh, this is definitely a coastal storm. So stay in, stay safe. Uh, We will be together again very soon. And I wish you God's blessings in his holy name. Amen. You take care and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.